Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 445. Today we're going to take a look at Rome Rise to Power. This is a new game from Golden Egg Games, plays two to four players. Uh, box is 60 minutes. You can actually definitely get this done uh, in under that time once you learn the game. It is uh, a different kind of dice placement, sort of worker placement Euro. It's about uh, you being a principality in Rome, trying to get fame and power and so on. Uh, let's take a look at how it works and then I'll tell you what I think of it. So as I said, Rome Rise to Power is your sort of typical Roman game where you're some kind of agent and you're trying to manipulate and get dominant through a variety of means, military conquests, you know, influencing senators, and in the case of this game, also putting on the best show at the arena. Now here you can see all the pieces that you get in the game. You have a sort of a main board here. Each player will get four dice in their color, and then you get a bunch of these arches here that you're going to be placing out into the different territories to mark control. You've also got a set of cards over on this side. And you're going to be getting points in a variety of ways. So let's just kind of go through the mechanics. You can see there's actually five rounds in the game. You're going to have two scoring rounds, one at the end of round three, one at the end of round five, and then here you have the turn order track. And each round what players are going to do is they're going to roll all their dice, and then whoever has the lowest total is going to go first, and then you're going to kind of work your way from lowest to highest in that regard. And then you're going to start placing dice out onto these tracks to acquire different cards. So let's talk about the three different types of cards here, then we'll come back to this board. Now at the bottom here, we'll start with this arena track here, and these are different contestants, so to speak, in the show that you can provide. So you can have beasts, you can have uh, barbarians, you can also get Romans themselves. You can see these guys have a little blue icon, a little bit more, I don't know, a Roman dressed. And then you've got barbarians here with the black icon and beasts with the orange. Now. To acquire cards, and it doesn't matter which type of cards, you could do the show cards here or the Romans above or so on, you're going to take and place a die out onto the board. So let's say the yellow player was first, and they went ahead and placed this die. You always place in the leftmost slot here, so you got one, two, three, four. And then the next player maybe comes along and they place this three here like so. And then once you have a die in a spot, you don't come along and place a die in another spot. Now you can place in any of these spots. So we have here, all of these spots are open to be placings, but right now I'm just focusing on this example. So let's say instead, let's do a different example here because there's a way you can actually displace where somebody has gone. So let's say red instead was first. He came here with a five. And then yellow comes in with a four. Okay, now because this die is the leftmost die in this particular slot, this is the second slot here, the leftmost die will be compared to the slots to its left. If it's less than, then it's going to replace that. So in this case, the yellow player will be able to sort of usurp the choosing order. Well, after everybody's done placing dice, you're going to be able to go ahead and choose cards from each of these. Now, because this dice was less, it's not as powerful. You're not going to be able to choose and buy as much stuff because it's only a four as compared to a five, but you can kind of sneak in and get turn order. Now, here's the thing. If yellow wants to come back here and place another die to give them more buying power in this particular row here, they can't now place a die next to it that's higher because now at this point, if they could, and there's a card that actually lets you break this rule, but let's say they were able to do that, they would have worth sort of 10 points or 10 money worth to buy these different arena combatants. But you cannot place a die next to an existing die of your own that is higher than it. You have to place equal than or less than. So he can only come in here like this one, or let's say he, you know, he had rolled a three or something, he could come in there with that. 
Now this is interesting because you kind of want to sneak in and get turn order, but if you put out a big die first, then let's say yellow played the sixth, then this is easily going to start moving down as people start placing more dice. So they did a five and then maybe the blue player comes in with a three. And so the three would end up down here. And so, yeah, you've got more money to spend here, but now you've sort of been usurped in that way. It's a very interesting sort of mechanic. And for some reason, it's very difficult to explain. Uh, the other only trick with it is, let's say we had it like so here. Um, let's say we had the six here, like so. Let's just leave it how we had it. Now, if I do come back in with a lesser die, this is not the leftmost die. You only compare sort of that first die that was in that slot, and then you'll be able to, you know, sort of usurp that. But once that left die is in, that kind of locks you in sort of how you can be manipulated by the turn. Now let's talk about how, ever, let's say everybody's placed their dice, and now you get to buy the cards. So normally you start at the top, but I'm just gonna work backwards since we're down here. Now in this case, you're gonna add up all of the pips and then you're gonna have basically that much money to spend. Now in this case, let's just make this legal here. Uh, yeah, let's just leave it like that. And the blue player will go first, they'll have three, so they could perhaps buy these giant ostriches for three bucks. So they could buy that one. And then let's say red is next, they have $5 worth they can spend, so they could say maybe they will buy these other two beasts uh, for two and three. And then now the yellow player has seven. So you can always buy off the top blind for five gold, that costs you five. So the yellow could buy this, which normally only costs him one, which kind of stinks, but he got what he got, and now he can use his other remaining two to get these. So again, it's very tricky to sort of put these out in turn order, but you're trying to amass a large amount of pips so you can buy more combatants. And I'll talk about how these are used in a minute. Now let's talk about the senators up here. And let's say we had the same dice placement, just for argument's sake. The way that senators are bought is you get one per die that you have. So in this case, blue could take one, red could take one, and then yellow could take two because they have two dice in there. And a couple things to note about the senators, these give you special abilities, and this is a way to sort of mitigate the die roll that you do each round. For example, this one can be reduced, you can reduce one die and it requires a certain type of province. Each of these provinces actually provides kind of like a resource here. So I'll show you provinces in a minute, but you need a province that has this type here to be able to activate this senator. And like this one, for example, requires a Coliseum to activate. And this guy, you can increase a die or decrease a die and so on. Finally, we have the provinces. And in this case, we it's similar to buying the arena combatants where they have a cost. You can see this is nine, five, seven, and seven. And one thing to note as well is I have these here in different tiers. You normally shuffle the deck and then you have all the tier ones on top of the tier twos and then the tier twos on top of the tier threes. And they get increasingly more expensive, but they also get better as you go down. But I just lay some out here as some examples. Now this one costs five. so. This blue player here, he's kind of out of luck because he's here with his three, and it is possible, if you're not careful, to sort of screw yourself up and get kind of too caught up in buying cards from the different rows. And so maybe blue went in here, and then they never got a chance maybe to play this two out here, which would give them five buying points, and in that case, they would be able to afford uh, you know, the conquest points here in Numidia, which costs five. So it's, let's say it's possible, blue screwed up, so they'll just pass. Now red can buy a card, he's got five worth here. In this case, you can't buy off the top. You've got to buy what's available. So it is possible if multiple people, people get multiple dice out to also not have a province to get. And that's, it goes the same for any of these rows.
So let's say he buys Namidia, and then now Yellow's got seven total points, so he'll buy this uh, Hispania Lucida here. Now, when you get a province card, let's take a look at what happens. So let's say Yellow got this one here, Hispania Lucida. It shows you the region on the map that you actually get to conquest. So in this case, Yellow will take and mark this area here. So now Yellow has got this, and there's one card basically for each province in the game. And if you look at the type here, you probably can't see it there, but it's also shown on the card. It's got this sort of wine and cup thing. Now there are three rows up here. And depending on the province that you acquire, you're gonna go ahead and move up one space on the matching track. Some of these have uh, these little vines here, and then there are also more rare, and they come out towards the end, these little jewelry things. So you're gonna actually gonna move up each time you take a province out here on the board that has that matching type. Now once you take the card, you're gonna have a little display of cards in front of you. As you take the provinces, not only will you mark the board, but you're gonna take and own the card for a little while. And remember what I said about senators. So let's say I took this senator here, and then I got these other three senators, different points in the game. Now, when I want to activate the senator, remember I need to have a matching type here. So on a point in the game where I'm about to place a die, if I wanna be able to reduce it by one, I have to take and sort of exhaust the senator and the province, and just that's just done by placing him on top there. That shows they're exhausted for the round. They'll reactivate at the end of the round. Then I can do this ability. Now some senators you can see actually have this sort of double thing. So you can say I need two sword places. So I'll go ahead and just place them over like that. And what this does is it gives me uh, plus three when I go to buy uh, more of these provinces. And this is the sort of the military phase. So I get to add three to my die when I get to buy and that's really cool, obviously. And then you have some of these, this is a tier three one. These were a little bit confusing, but I had to kind of reread the rules a few times because you can see, okay, this Senator has the little uh, Coliseum and you think, okay, he requires the Coliseum to activate, but no, this actually gives you two points per Coliseum province that you might have in front of you at the end of the game. So if you had this here. Now there are some scoring cards uh, and they're always in the tier three Senators that you do need to activate. And it's very clear actually in the rules and they'll say you must activate this to do the power. If it doesn't say that, then you don't have to have actually activate it. So that's how the senators work and how the provinces work. Now we also have to talk about here are the, uh, the combatants. So there are a couple of different hands that you can make. And the way that this is gonna happen is during the th two scoring rounds, each player is gonna build one kind of poker hand and they're gonna be able to sort of simultaneously reveal that and you get a certain number of points. You might actually have, you know, three different types. You can see uh, pets, or beasts, and barbarians, and Romans. You might have three of a kind of the same type, but all three different cards, because there are duplicates of like the tigers and the elephants. This will score you a certain number of points. Then you can, the best one is to do a full house of three Romans and two barbarians. And there are other cards that'll give you bonus points for building, uh, you know, cooler, uh, battles and you know whoever has the highest ranked hand will also get some bonus points as well so it is a legitimate way to actually get points a lot of points this way so again you have two scoring rounds round three and then round five will be the final round you'll score the hands of the combatants like i showed you there and then you're also going to score the tracks and so i just set these up randomly and let's go ahead and score each of the three tracks and i'll explain how you score them well, first of all, you get one point for just having moved your marker into the sort of that first space, because this is considered zero in that spot. So in this case, red and blue are already getting a point, uh, pink and yellow are not. Then you also get one point for each uh, disc behind you. So in this case, blue will get one 
two, three, four points, red will get one, two, three points. And these are in zero, obviously they get nothing. Now, in this case, blue will get a point, but he doesn't get any extra because there's nobody behind him. And then uh, yellow will get four and so on. So you go down and score each of the tracks individually in that same manner. In this case, pink will actually get four points just for moving up that one track, which is possible because like I said, these are more rare. So you do that twice, one at round three and one at round five. And then only in round five, you'll count these senators, you'll get points for them. And then you'll count kind of like a majority in these different regions here. So if let's say these two spots here, let's we'll look at the pink area for now. Uh, these two players are tied. You can see they each have sort of five influence in that region. They'll each get a point, but if yellow here had this other spot, then they would get two points and purple would get none. If you control all of the regions, then you are going to get, uh, you get three points, excuse me, three points total in that case. So you can get three, two, or one points for having either a tie with somebody, the majority, or if you get all the spots locked in, then you get three. And then of course you add up the points here and then on the hands played and the senators and then the winner is the most points. Okay, so that is Rome Rise to Power. What do I think of it? Well, I really enjoy it. Not everybody I've played it with has enjoyed it. The game is brutal, especially with four players. And you can really screw yourself up, especially the first time you play it. People are gonna make a lot of mistakes. You're gonna sort of have the chicken before the egg thing where you think, okay, I'm gonna do this here. But if you kind of do it in reverse order of what you were planning on doing, you can screw yourself up, kind of like I showed you in the example uh, during the walkthrough. That's very easy to do, but I enjoy the game. It's very brutal, like I said. It's sort of on a razor thin wire in terms of the points and you know the worker placement part of it, the dice placement. That whole sort of like turn order weirdness thing is really, really interesting to me actually because like I said during the walkthrough, you, you wanna put out a bunch of high pip dice because you're gonna get more sort of buying power with that, but you want to also put out low dice to replace you know what's who's in first in terms of the choosing. And so it's very, very interesting and mind crunchy, but the gameplay is really short. Like I said at the beginning, it says 60 minutes on the box, and sure, the first time you play it is probably gonna go 60 minutes, especially if you play with four players but it's only five rounds and it's literally like four little placements and then you just get the cards and everything else is really simple. You know, you, you claim an area and then you build up a poker hand, you just choose the best hand that you got, which is really quick to do. And then you just move up the track and stuff and you have the senators, which, you know, give you the mitigation, but there's not a lot going on beyond sort of the worker placement dice, but that is the whole game and that's sort of where the mind bender part of it comes in. But once you sort of figure out how that works, then you're gonna step into the point where you're really paying attention to what the other players are doing and what sort of sets they're kind of trying to collect in a way. It's not a set collecting game, but you can see, okay, he's gonna try and get all of the spots in this region. He's really trying to drive himself up on the track here. He's got the senator ability, so he's gonna be able, to, oh, I see what he's gonna do. He's gonna to try to get in here with the low dice. He's got that ability he's gonna to activate to get him some more buying power and stuff. And so you've gotta be really sort of pensive and thoughtful about what you do in this game. And like I said, you can break yourself and you can realize you made a mistake and you'll lose by two points or something. And that's very easy to do with this game. But so it's kind of like, you know, kind of a heavy feeling Euro, but it plays almost like a filler, which is a kind of a cool space for it to sit in. Uh, so definitely take a look at this game if you like Euros and you like that kind of, you know, the mind strategy types of games, uh, then I would take a look at this and you're gonna have a lot of fun, I think, sort of playing around with the senators and getting the sort of different dice mitigation and stuff happening with that. 
um, but that is pretty much the whole game there and very compact you know mind crunchy euro but it really plays very quickly once you get the hang of it uh, and then you don't shoot yourself in the foot which you can do but i kind of like that stuff because then you kind of learn from your mistakes so anyway uh, that's rome rise of power definitely take a look at it thanks <laughs>